Like things are doing great. I believe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm good. I'm the master of this. <laughs> Hello, guys, and welcome to the dead. Nothing is going on. Every, everything is fucking fine. I just, yes. I just wanted to say that, like, because your microphone is getting, like, messed up by Skype, like, I heard very, very little, like, human voice in that. Oh, my God. Skype is so garbage. Oh. Welcome. God. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Dad and Sons. Everything's going according to plan this episode. <laughs> yeah. I I am your oh, uh, littlest dad or son. <laughs> Liam is your middlest dad or son. And George is definitely the oldest dad or son. <laughs> definitely. Wait, why is, why is it such a sure thing? Why is there no mystery to it? <laughs> well, I mean, in terms of age, you know, we just, we just throw the age out there. Just, you know, but 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 I I guess I guess I should clarify that uh, mm-hmm. everyone here on the Dad and Sons podcast is really happy this early in the morning because everything seems to be going our way this this week, right? Right, Matt? Yeah, yes, it's absolutely it's going <laughs> so superbly. Um, um, the reason why 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 Matt might have sounded extra cheerful in that intro. Mm-hmm. Is uh is is because we've got oh. a lot of great stuff to talk about this week. Oh, right, okay. guys? Oh, I was like, oh, are we going into this right now? <laughs> no, like, we best we best <laughs> we best keep that stuff aside. Yeah. We we got we got some adult problems going on. I'm sick. Paperwork is complicated, you guys. Kids, life is complicated. I, I should I should yeah. Anyways, um. I I've been oh I'm gonna start I've been playing uh I've been playing some more Poe. Oh some shit! More. I thought you were gonna say Maple Story and I was dead you're, in. You're, you're you're Pony person. So when I say Poe, what do you guys think I'm talking about? I, I think Maple. Pony 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 no. pony. Fuck! I've been playing Path of Exile. Ah! Oh, oh my God! The red herring! Oh. You just. Dangle that red herring out there. <laughs> but it I'm took also the bait. Po, pony inside of that. Oception <laughs> 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 is going on. Oception. <laughs> um, can you ride a horse in Path of Exile? And I, I never knew that Poes were so much like ogres. Um, um, I don't think there's mounts in Path of Exile. Ponies. Uh, Ponies in Path oh of my, Exile. Oh, oh, ponies. Why? Are you going to put ponies? You're not going to even put mounts? You're just going to put ponies? <laughs> ah, um, there's, there is nothing. There, there is, there no is a brony community that plays Path of Exile. <laughs> that is the only, the only Google uh, <laughs> search that came up. they call up. themselves a, a, a pony community? I think they're called the Disgruntled wow. Ponies. Um, oh my god. Okay, so Matt, you're playing this pony game these that. days. What what the hell? What what Matt, why? What is what is this pony thing you're playing? Um um well well man, um let's see. I was playing a little bit of Maple Story and it kind of gave me that itch of playing like uh a something good a little game. bit deeper. Something you, a little you bit. You were just like <laughs> thinking, hmm, how can we incorporate more ponies into this game? I was watching this uh, video of someone trashing IGN for their Path of Exile review and how bad it was. Um, 
and I was just like, and a lot of the stuff that he was saying, I was like, oh, this this sounds like a decent game because I played it back in in the beta days, and I didn't really like it too much. It didn't really grab me, and you looked at the passive tree, and everyone's like, oh, I don't I don't know what to do. Yeah, uh, you can't reset the tree either. You know, you get like little refund points, but it's not enough to like reset your like whole tree over like you know. 70 levels and stuff like that so um i gave it another try um looked up a you know just a regular build to kind of get myself going because all right path of exile your build is really the skill gems that you get to put inside your armor that's really where your build goes that's where um most of your skills come from where all your skills come from you don't get mm -hmm. any skills from the passive tree obviously it's called the passive tree um so according to what like i guess skills you like you want to put more and what weapon you're going to use you put more into that part of the skill tree and you just map it around and that's basically it that's it's it, the game is kind of like built around you making multiple characters anyway okay you is know, this like, like multiple builds? That's why they want yeah, well, alright, so there's a reason why they want you to refund the points. They they want you to and they have like leagues and stuff like that. Because people just remake characters all the time. And they make just different um types of builds and they want you to be creative and I guess kind of like you know, finding something that you like and um I guess kind of that that's kind of like the replay value of the game cuz there's always something different to try and there's so many different combinations it's not like a game where oh this is the this is the build that you have to do this is the build that you have to do it's not like that so like there's like a ton of different combinations that you can do um okay. I mean some things are better than other depending on what you're trying to do like like clearing a map very fast or um you know boss killing uh, obviously some things are a little bit better but um there's a lot of combinations that are pretty satisfying um but uh this game is like procedurally generated as well so like if you um every time is going to be a little bit different but it's not broken to the point that um you know like for instance there's waypoints right the things that you can travel um yeah to different maps with that waypoint when they when they put it there it's always even though the map changes it's always going to be by the important quest um quest giver or um a an entrance okay that you obviously would be obviously you would use the waypoint to get to it's always going to be next to that like they don't make the game harder by it being procedurally generated generated you know, like it's uh, it's smart in that way. So it's more it's more just like um, a different way to explore the same area than it is to make the game a little bit harder. So, you know, the waypoint would be next to this uh, quest giver that uh, for that area, because obviously you have to go to this quest giver multiple times, um, like once or twice during yeah. that area areas act. Yeah, because this, this whole thing has a storyline. Uh, there's like multiple acts. And there's always something to do in each like part of the um, uh, of the maps. It, it's this is, they're always introducing something new. It's a little bit. It's a lot different than back then. Back then they didn't have all this extra goop, you know, right there for you <laughs> to suck up. 
Um, now it's just kind of just, just a bunch of stuff everywhere. Uh, there's uh, guys that you can you meet that they give you different quests within. Smear all that goop. Yeah, like little side all, quests. All over. And then um, if you try a league, which is, I, I guess, I, I get too complicated if I explain a league. But basically, they. <laughs> I'm lost. Every, every like, couple months, they switch out like a league, and it's. Um, Oh, kind of like the seasons, is like a different, in other games? yeah, yeah, and they, it's a, like a new mini game. Well, it's not really a mini game, but it's a a, a a game that you can play to get like loot and stuff like that. And yeah, it's like a different, like uh, like the, right now, you basically are diving down into a mine, and you have to follow this mine cart. Um, and there's a bunch of enemies that will attack you on the way, um, and. The minecart has these has a light. If you go into the darkness too much, uh, you will die. And you can kind of upgrade to see how long you can last in the darkness and stuff like that. Because if you go outside the darkness, there's a lot of good gear out there. And yeah. you can use flares to kind of um, uh, you know last a little bit longer out there while while you uh, go into the darkness. Or you can use um, dynamite to explode like you know. Uh, walls so you can get two more rare materials and stuff like that it's really cool really cool the, the deeper you dive obviously the the better the loot yeah usually uh like, like we don't see a lot of environmental interactions from that kind of camera angle and these kinds of games yeah it's uh it's, it's very interesting they i gotta say if you're into this type of game like if you're into diablo then you should play Path of Exile. You should give that a chance. Is it still free to play? Yeah, it's still free to play. The microtransactions are all cosmetic. All of them. All of them. All the content updates are free. Everything. It, that's, it's a weird thing. Leagues, yeah. everything. It's everything is free. I'm, I'm had so happy to hear they're still keeping, keeping it free. After after all this time, yeah, that's why the micro, uh, it, like that's why like, they're a little bit more expensive. Like it would be like ten dollars for like, like you know, wings or something like that for your character, or footsteps, or fifteen dollars. Yeah, it, it gets expensive because obviously, like that that's their like income. <laughs> so they, they yeah they they had to have worked out a model by now though they must have for it to keep keep it chugging for so long. Yeah, it's because it's all pve stuff there's pvp well, stuff too all but yeah it's it's primarily a, like story driven pve experience which which you don't often see being offered for for free to play either and the story the story is uh story is pretty pretty good <laughs> it's pretty interesting. really yeah, oh, yeah yeah because yeah, like, it's been well, around it's like, for like seven eight years now right it's been around for a long time yeah so yeah, it so must it's, have it's expanded. Like it must have had quite a few like expansions, and and that's why it's so thick right now. That's why it's like if you haven't mm. played it and you like these types of games, I say give it a try. I said don't be scared too scared of the passive tree. Don't be too scared of like messing up your build. Like I I say the easiest way to get in is to look up a build that looks cool, follow it to the T. And play like that if you want to play like that, and then you will get accustomed to how skim ge- um, skill gems work and how equipment works with sockets and linking them and 
and all that type of stuff. Like, it's not that complicated um, until, like, kind of endgame when you're trying to, like, really min-max, like, your damage and stuff like that. And you're, um, there's, like, a whole endgame part to this game. It's It doesn't end after the the act, obviously. Oh, like, well, like, we, all, we all love that. Well, well I mean... Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> you want you want something to do after. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's Path of Exile. I say uh, I say I say give 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 it a go if you uh, if you're into these types of games. I'm I'm enjoying it. I played played quite a bit. Quite a quite bit. I think, a I think bit. This is, yeah, quite a bit. Um, do we it have it? Totally do we have any... me away from uh from Maple Story? <laughs> I was gonna, I was just gonna ask. Do we have any more Maple Story updates? Considering the game actually officially launched, have you just like now now everyone in the world is playing it? Are you just like nah? I'm too cool for this now. I'm moving on. The, the no, nah, you know it's it's weird because like I I I enjoy the game. I'm probably gonna still play. Um, it's just. I don't know when when you played when I played Path of Exile because Maple Story is cool, but the characters are so simple. You know, you, yeah. you get these skills, and that's it. And it's it's a casual game, which is fine. This is kind of what I was looking for. You know, cool mini games. It's fun to play. Uh, the story is kind of garbage, but you know, like it's cute. Um, I would. It's more of a social game, and okay. Yeah, it's it's well, Maple Story's always kind of been like that. Um, I don't know how it is these days, but back then, when everyone used to talk to each other and and stuff like that, and uh, I miss those days talking smack on Xbox Live. Oh, <laughs> you were uh, a kid. Yeah. Oh my God, talking trash. <laughs> mm. Um, so good. Um, but yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah. Cool. Path of Exile. Cool. I. I I started first, guys. So, so who's next? I I I uh, wanna wanna follow up on something from from last week that was kind of sort of a news story that I can now uh, bring penis. into the realm of my personal life. No, no, not tofu, not tofu, not Goku, not Goku. Well, remember when when we were talking about uh, Google trying to get into streaming services? Yeah. Um, Google's project stream apparently got back to me on, on my emails asking for, for a spot in their closed beta. And I, I went through with it and played a couple hours of the new Assassin's Creed last night as Assassin's Creed Odyssey. See, now this is weird for me because this is the first Assassin's Creed game that I have actually wanted to play. And this is like really? a revelatory moment for me because I have never wanted to play an Assassin's Creed game. But I was almost like you. I've been swayed by everyone's sort of not hype around it, but everyone's like Yeah. Const- like all I see is the comments like, I'm ten hours into Odyssey now, it is a completely It's about excellent- to get good at fifteen. <laughs> yeah, that Ben article ridiculous. But like everyone's like, you know, I've been playing it and I can't stop playing it. It's really good, even though I didn't like Assassin's Creed prior and that kind of thing. I'm like, man, I do like Greek mythology as well. Mm. It's it's totally reinvented from from the original the control scheme is completely different the way combat works is completely Good, different because assassin's creed combat is awful 
but I. <laughs> I guess I guess I always have something to gripe about. It, they they turned it into The Witcher Three. It's it's like the dollar store Witcher Three now. It's like I mean, The that, Witcher Three, but it feels cheaper. Store. But that's okay <laughs> because like The Witcher Three is like really really good. So if you have a game that's even half as good as that, that's a pretty good experience. But there's there's one thing that's absolutely positively driven me nuts that I I don't know if I can handle anymore. And that is that your character moves really freaking fast. Like, okay, you, you remember when 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 they first showed off footage of, of, of Jade Raymond's Assassin's Creed in, in E3 2005, and your character like would walk slowly through a city and really take it yeah. in. And then and then you Be buy an assassin. Assassin's Creed <laughs> in 2007. <laughs> And you hold you hold the movement stick down. And you're like, oh god, I'm walking. I have to hold the button to to run. We're back there again because uh, oh they want god. you to, to take in the city it and, so and see the, the sights of of of, of this so impressive slow, city that they built up. And then and you would hold down the run button to run just fine and whatnot. No, but and, it, no, I, no, it wasn't because even when you run in that game, it's still so slow. I, I feel like 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 The Witcher Three itself actually got the movement speeds just right. You can slowly trot your horse in to to town by holding down one button without having to fiddle with the stick. Geralt's walking speed at full tilt of the stick is like a nice uh, brisk uh, uh, jaunt. Run. Yeah. When when you hold the walking stick forward in Assassin's Creed uh, Od- Odyssey, your your boy assassin or your girl assassin, depending on who you pick, they bolt. They get the hell out of there. I mean, that's probably like, got something you, to do with how large the world is, right? It it probably that and a response to how slow your default movement speed in Assassin's Creed earlier was. But now I like I'm finding it a lot harder to stop and smell the roses and appreciate the history this time. And 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 the parkour button is A now instead of R B. So so sometimes when I'm trying to climb things, I'm pressing the wrong button. And anyways, it just it, it like moves and and feels really different in a way that I'm not quite used to yet because I, I haven't gotten adjusted to to the character's sense of movement. But anyways, beyond that, the story also starts really really strange to the point where i was like wondering if there was some dlc i had missed or if i needed to play origins before before odyssey to understand what the hell was going the on future. Uh, 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 the animus cyberpunk thing is now like audio background and that's it like there's no faces to the characters even it would just cut in the middle of, of the Greek historical action, um, it would cut to uh, like uh, audio feed of, of waveforms bobbing up and down as other characters talk. I'm kind of okay with that. As, I'm as... glad they realized like that <laughs> nonsense was the worst part of that series, for sure. It's so weird how how shoved away into the shadows it is, though. Like, like, like there's so many parts where i was playing this where i was like oh they know they, they <laughs> figured it out and they're trying to hide all this stuff like like the control scheme and the um and 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 then the future plot changing to a audio diary metal gear solid peace walker format but also the uh the the the, the, the islands that that they have um 
rendered here and, and, and the cities are gorgeous and everything. And I'm wondering though where, where where the codex went. Maybe I just have yet to find it. I, I I did only play about a couple hours, but it was still taking a good ass long time for it to slowly trickle in basic gameplay mechanics into that I couple mean, hours. At the end of the two hours, I finally figured out how to use the bow. I mean, considering all you've spoken about is the actual game, I'm imagining that the Google Project Stream thing was working okay then. Right. That's what I'm waiting to hear about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. For the most part, it's okay. I mean, you um, are George. Like, if there was a problem with the stream, you would have been straight on that shit. But you talked about an Assassin's right. Creed game's intricacies before even talking about technology. I, I guess that's because... That's a good sign, right? to the mission statement, I, I had a lot more of that game shoved in my face than the technical difficulties. Ugh. So what is it like then? Sorry. What is it like to play? Does it is it uh, is it noticeable if you are paying attention, or is it? I even if you're not, it's it's hard to miss because um, I in retrospect after going through it, I'm surprised they picked an Assassin's Creed game that takes place in a lot of uh, outdoor nature scenes. Because anytime this video has to render foliage, scenes with a lot of uh, branches. Um, tiny little black and white spots of shadows as as light goes through foliage, it will wreck the video compression that Google is uh, feeding through the tubes here. Um, it does work okay for the most part. If you're in a uh, very flatly decorated area without a lot of blades of grass poking up around, the, the video looks fine. Yeah. It, it still looks like a high-quality, high-quality encoded video of a video game rather than it running losslessly. But as soon as that camera pans over some foliage, you <laughs> can tell immediately. Yeah. And it, it kind of made me realize how much, how, how much it adds to the experience having a, like, lossless image of the place you're trying to explore in a video game. Because again, for something like Assassin's Creed, where you want to like go slow and take in the detail of um, all the careful, painstaking research all their, their historians did to recreate old cities in, in, with, with video game time travel, having little details like that get smudged away in the compression artifacts, quite literally, underneath foliage, really, really takes you out. I mean, I, I did some extremely quick counting the frames on the video footage tests, and I was registering something between like 15 and 20 frames of input delay, which is actually worse than the other streaming services I've tried in the past. Google's Project Stream seems a little more user-friendly. It does just launch the game straight into a Chrome window, as soon as you open up the tab and put in your beta code in, but it when, it when it comes down to actual responsiveness and latency, like the super important thing that you want to grade these services on, they are actually scoring slightly lower than than than, than the Liquid Sky service so no on one a, knows on about a, that I was demoing a, a year ago. On a scale of on live to running on your PlayStation 4, where does it sit? Oh my god. A little worse than online. <laughs> Whoa, really? I mean, Fuck, it's it must be the same experience, then. but just a little. Well, online is technology worse for online is technology from like eight years ago. 
I know, but when I was counting the frames of, of the, the 720p 30 standard they were working with back then, I was still only 6 to 8 frames behind. Man, why do Here I'm 15 to like, 20. I don't get it, because Microsoft announced that, what is it, Project X, whatever it was called. Oh, yeah. Yesterday, yeah. and it's like, no, just like... I mean, Either there's more companies that are trying to get onto it. Either build better infrastructure and stop relying on everyone to have Korean-esque internet before this shit I think works. What we're going to have to accept is that a lot of video game genres are built for streaming solutions better than others. They very consciously chose Assassin's Creed because the controls are a little, little chunky and, and not like hyper fast and responsive anyway and that when these services catch on we're initially going to see them partner with games that that are kind of like civilization kinda, or something kind of slow yeah um tactics not, based not exactly games. uh uh platinum character action games here <laughs> i can't wait to play bayonetta on live <laughs> trying to nail those witch time dodges with 15 to 20 <laughs> seconds of slightly unpredictable <laughs> latency timing is, is going to oh be a very, God. very hard sell. Fucking um, worst nightmare. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's like cool that I get to play the new Assassin's Creed for free for a few months, but I, I, few I, months. I can tell it's a test. It's, it's very visibly there for testing purposes. Well, there you have it. Not as good as on live. Put that on the box quote. But but with OnLive, you have more menus to click through. <laughs> I wonder which one's better, the Nintendo Switch Japanese streaming service for Assassin's Creed Odyssey or the, the Google one. I wonder which one works better. I think, I, I think I read somewhere that it was generally more unreliable for European and Asian markets than, than American ones, but that well, like, is actually another reason why Well, it's only in Japan it's... where you can play this streaming version of Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Oh, oh I was like, thinking of OnLive. No, no, this is like the... Do you remember when they released Resident Evil 7 for the Nintendo Switch, but only in mm -hmm. Japan and only as a streaming service? Yeah. They've done the same with Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Okay. Alright. Yeah. Uh, you know what What weirds me out about the game as well? I'm sure it gets fine later on. I want to play it's, it's it. I want to I still getting into want these to early play stages. They have a menu that uses a free floating PC style mouse cursor, like in Destiny. Ah, even though that the menu UI is system up that has giant. somehow caught on from No Man's Sky, it's just slower. It's it's rubbish. I, it's just slower. It's it's objectively worse than than using your D pad or your analog stick to jump from from menu element to menu element. Having to hold the stick down and move a cursor takes longer, no matter yeah. what you're trying to click where. Because the sensitivity is so low. That even if it was higher, it's a journey. It would be bad. You you have to take that cursor on a road trip across across state lines I when would, you're making it across the screen. I would understand if it was like on the specifically the PlayStation Four and it utilized that heavily underutilized touchpad that with your thumbs. That would make more sense. But just stick with convention. Just use the fucking D-pad. So I'm looking forward to more and trying to keep my hopes high. It's 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 a beautiful game. It's 
when it's not God 15 damn, frames the, the, a second. I just can't believe how, how like, weak a lot of the production values and, and story seems sometimes. Okay, production values, yeah? So so the game starts you off into a tutorial fight scene that's that's on a battlefield, and it's one when of those Spartans tutorials. Someone, right? Yeah, there's a Spartan kick button, and, and <laughs> all... other... Other buttons for for other other special moves and whatnot, but they don't have like labels on them. The tutorial pop-ups won't like tell you what the moves are doing, and and when you get plopped down there in that battlefield, all of a sudden like the music gets kind of quiet. The the sound of the crowd starts like droning out in a way that doesn't feel like it's coming from the individual NPCs, and everyone's animations are like clipping through one another, and it's suddenly this Assassin's Creed, unlike the others that I've played, feels like it has a real disparity between the production values of the cutscenes and the production values of the game in a way that I don't remember seeing in the previous ones I played, which seemed to keep the facade of a slick, high-value, high-budget AAA experience. And, and this one, like, uh, like, like, like when you slash people in, in combat, they're... There'd usually be some some understated ragdoll and, and a quick slump. Now damage numbers pop up out of out of people. Damage numbers appear. That Swords was in bounce the last out one. of wounds. That was in the There's last not, one. I, yeah, a lot of these reinventions that came from Origins, I'm just yeah. now getting hit with here. And it's it's weird how much the the, the feeling and, and atmosphere of, of the game is kind of changed in response to changing the color scheme or control scheme I don't know if if, if, if I'm getting used to it elegantly yeah um, I mean that's what kind of happens when you make a game of that size and that scale in a two year turnaround if that it, it, turned from something that felt like it had its unique niche and control scheme into something that feels like Dollar Store Witcher 3. I mean, that's still probably but, better than the older Assassin's Creed games, in my opinion. But I know, that's that's the, 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 the line. But I never did play Black Flag, and Black Flag is supposed to be a great, great, grand old time. It's because of the ship battles, man. That's what this one has, right? Supposedly. I haven't gotten there yet. So you... So you barely, barely I just started. got the bow. <laughs> I played for like two hours, and and you get nowhere in these games in two hours. You get nowhere fast. To be fair, two hours. Yeah. Might as well have just d- 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 pooped instead for two hours. Speaking of getting playing wow. games for <laughs> playing games for what seems instead to be of pooping. No, just playing games for <laughs> games. What, what feels like forever, but when you then look at your total time... You're just like, oh, that was one poop. ...is a surprisingly short amount of a time. I've been playing... Chronicles 4. Oh, God. Weeb Wars. Do you remember when I talked about the demo a couple of, a couple of episodes ago? I was playing the yeah. demo on the yeah, Switch. Have fallen asleep yet? No, so, like, thankfully, like, Sega Europe were kind and they sent over a review code of it for some reason where a valid no, source no, you gotta review it oh you gotta do the whole thing now or we, real fast. we here on the dad and sons for all your 100 percent genuine honest non-biased bought <laughs> reviews we ain't oh. the, we ain't like those ign's please pay us and we'll say nice things about your game 
Um, oh, so Valiant and Chronicles hours. was good then, right? It's or, the best game the ever, <laughs> Matt. I mean, my Was it the word. most uh, 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 complete representation of video game combat you've played in your life? I mean, it was that and more, George. Does it really pick up 15 hours in? <laughs> Speaking no, no, of George, he has to stay. Out, he has to stay on script. Speaking, it speaking says of, to say it's the best game. I, I'm you not. I'm, I'm, I'm going rogue. I'm going rogue. I've got to. Oh, no. I've got to talk about Valkyrie Chronicles. I'm off the script. I'm tearing the script up. Sega shit, Europe, shit. I wish I had have a to... pane of glass I could shatter. Alert phase three. This is not a drill. We have a rogue gamer, everyone. <laughs> we got rogue opinions. So. All right, burn us with this speaking, hot take. Speaking of games that get good after 15 hours, <laughs> I, oh haven't, I, yeah. haven't, I haven't reached 15 hours in Valkyria Chronicles 4 yet. I've reached a total of 13. <laughs> oh, and, you're almost there. <laughs> and it feels like I've been playing this game for my whole life. Oh, I knew it. I just knew it. It just, it just it, seems like that type wait, of game. Wait, so is it a slog? But, but, wait. It's still really good. But wait for two more hours. <laughs> oh, it's going to get oh, real good. Then. I think it's going to get real yeah. good. It's going to get Ben Kuchera polygon good. Um, No, so I've been playing... I, this is the thing, is like... For me, I don't know whether like 13 hours is like a long time now, but it feels like I've been playing this game like two or three hours every day this week in between doing like the other stuff around the announcing of the new project mm, I'm working you know, on and stuff what, this Whatever week. you do, yeah. Liam things. Yeah, doing things like making games and stuff like that. So I've been like... You know, while the builds have been exporting or, like, stuff has been, you know, rendering and compiling and all that kind of thing, I've been, you know, dipping in the missions of the game. And, okay, first off, it is slow. It is, it's a, it's a JRPG. It's a tactics JRPG that has an insane amount of dialogue and cutscenes and... It's just characters talking and talking and talking and talking and... Then a dog talks, and it's talking and talking. <laughs> the dog's cute, though. He wears a hat, and he saves your life. He's a pretty great dog. His name's Ragnarok, as well. I mean, Spoilers. that's a pretty cool. Spoilers, dude. It's a pretty cool My name for a dog. My favorite character. Pretty cool name I'm for a dog. getting on DeviantArt right now. Well, his nickname's Rags, so you have to, you know, you have to get in deep in Rags. I mean, what? Um, Oof. So... Minus all the talking, because actually, to be fair, the, the characters of this game are actually quite, like, endearing. Like, it's a squad. You play as this squad called Squaddy, and they're pretty great. Squaddy! And they, they, they're kind of, you know, typical, cliche, anime, tropey characters... But Claude, the like the commander of the squad, he's kind of like your typical shonen boy who is, you know, he's weak and sort of cowardly to begin with, doubts himself, and then all his friends like boy him up to be the best because he's the commander boy and he's the greatest that'll ever live. And he drives, oh he rides in a tank, and he can read the wind. I mean, you got to read the wind to win the war. Um, 
And then you have like Raz, who's like uh, the typical chauvinistic male sexist badass, I'm invincible, hot-headed anime character. But he, he has his moments. And then there's that androgynous female character who dresses up as a boy to be in the army. But everyone quite knows that she's a girl. They even, like, put tight pants on her to make sure that you know she's a girl. Boys can't wear tight pants. No. Have you seen my what ass? the rules? Well, it's like Jabba. Wait, what? You'll get arrested by the police. <laughs> <laughs> So it's pretty genre cliche for an anime thing. But then you stop playing and then you realize, like, it's not like, I don't know what it's like. I don't know how to describe Valkyria Chronicles. I mean, anyone who's played it knows what it's like. But it's not XCOM. It's not Fire Emblem. It's not even like a good tactics game because there's not really any using the stuff to your advantage like you know when you can hide behind cover in most tactic games you'll have like a percentage chance to be missed or stuff like that in valkyria chronicles it just seems to be random sometimes you'll duck behind things and you'll be safe and then other times you'll just get hit straight in the face and it doesn't seem to be any like systems telling you the percentages of like the shots that will hit or anything and sometimes your accuracy goes up you can't directly see what it's affecting, there's no, like, stat breakdown of what you're doing. So you just, like, you know, move a unit, target an enemy unit, and then attack it. And it's so simple like that, that it makes it really easy to play. And although, like, the I'm currently on Chapter 4, and th this is another thing about this game being way too long... It has 18 chapters overall, and I played for 13 hours, and it's felt like an eternity, and I'm only on chapter 4. But I felt like I've been at war <laughs> for years, because every mission war in this game hell. takes, like, at least half an hour to an hour. The mission I did just before we started on the podcast today took me two hours, and I only just finished it before we started recording, and it was a slog and it required a lot of mental exhaustion so by the end of it I was just like fuck me I want to go home only the, the dead have seen the end of Valkyra Chronicles so I feel like I'm still at the start of the game and a lot has happened and it gets pretty dark at times like families burning people being tortured a lot yeah it's pretty dark at times, and it's, you know, hilarious because it's surrounded by all this pretty anime artwork with this cel-shaded style. But I can't stop that playing. Sounds like, like, hell. It is kind of a weird hell. Like, I feel like I will never, ever finish this game. But at the same time, I'm kind of sad about that because I like this game quite a bit. It's slow. War as hell. It's, oh, it's like completely overbloated. It, it does this thing where the way you interact with the game is you have like a notebook. Like the main character, Claude, who's the commander, has a notebook. And then it's basically you're, you're doing the animus. <laughs> you're doing the Assassin's Creed animus where you're, you're almost retelling the story by reading through his notebook. 
and then new chapters uh, of his notebook open as you progress through his memories. Are are your your menus like notebook theme? Yes. So the main menu oh, of the game, I, I, like I actually really like that. Yeah. Stuff. No, you could probably like Google a screenshot of it, like. Valkyria Chronicles 4 notebook menu. Like, it's pretty. And then each notebook page has, like, a picture associated with what's called an episode. And then an episode is basically just a cutscene of two characters talking, and then the episode will end, and it will go back to the menu. And then you'll watch, like, five episodes in a row. I mean, I kind of like it because it means you can save and do other stuff in between cutscenes instead of just watching, like, 40 minutes of cutscenes. But you have to go through all these episodes, and then finally you'll get to, like, a picture of what is a map, and then you'll know that's your next mission. So all the talk leading up to that through the different episodes has all been leading up to that mission. And it's kind of weirdly presented, but also charming at the same time. So, although it's really slow, incredibly overbloated, feels like I'll never finish it because it's going to take an eternity... I recommend it. Because once you start playing, and once you get to grips with it, it's really fun and satisfying to just blow tanks up of the enemy. And, like, when you land a headshot with a sniper from halfway across the map, and she's missed, like, the previous five shots, and it's inf it's infuriated you to no end... And then she lands that one shot on a sniper across the map in a sniper tower that's been, like, haunting your ground units for a while. And it pulls off and it's like, boom! And you're like, fuck yeah! And it's all, like, anime-style, like, large text across the screen. And then your character's, like, doing the anime pose where it's like, yeah! You're like, yeah, fuck yeah. This game's good. And then you watch cutscenes for another hour. Do you have to play Valkyria Chronicles 1 through 3 to understand no, what's going on? No, I don't on think so. Like, I've only played Valkyria Chronicles 1, and apart from the setting of the war, which is basically a retelling of World War II, um, just with completely different names, and the Empire versus the Federation, uh, you know. I mean, that's one way of putting it, yeah. I guess. It depends yeah. on who you ask. Yeah. Or... You know, the Empire's all red and black, and all... With dark black birds and as signal uh, signias and you're all blue and white and you know the other heroes, um, but no, like these characters have not appeared in a prior game. Um, it's all a self-contained story. All the characters are like childhood friends because of fucking course, and they have stories and flashbacks to like when they were growing up. And yeah, the more you play, the more you kind of wanna. Like, learn more about the characters, and there's, like, side missions and sub-stories which you can play. But, yeah, it's just, like, every mission is, like, really, truly... It's not like Fire Emblem where you sort of dive in and play for, like, ten minutes and complete a mission. Or Advance Wars, for that matter. Or even XCOM. XCOM missions can take a while, but nothing on the scale of Valkyria Chronicles. Like, because it's completely 3D... And when you move a unit, you move them in real time. Like, they're not... It's not isometric or anything. It's like you are using the analog stick to move them in directions and they have, like, a certain amount of AP with which they can run. And, you you know, you see it going down and you're sort of trying to position them into a good position. It's like it makes the maps feel really big. So, like, 
traversing all your units across it like smartly and then getting them into position to attack or counterattack requires a lot of effort and it's taxing but it feels satisfying at the same time i wish they just streamlined this game in some way to make it so i was just doing missions and that it was like six chapters long instead of 18 i don't like like this is this, it's that type of game right where the fourth chapter it has like a massive difficulty spike and it has what's called the battle of sigval and it's like, all the characters are like, this is the final battle. We're going to break through the Empire's lines. We're going to go right straight to the capital. And you're like, I know there's like another 12 chapters after this. Like, I know. <sighs> I hate when games do that. When it's like, this is the final I, I battle. I was about to ask, like, this is the fourth Valkyra Chronicle. How has is, how is Weeb War 2 gone on for so long? They can stretch it out for four games. <laughs> it's not even that. It's just like, it gets you excited that like there's going to be some sort of build-up, but you know there's going to be 12 chapters after that. So you're like, well, of course this is not the final battle, but the game treats it like it is. So it's like the difficulty curve spikes up. You get fucking destroyed the first two times you try it. And then it takes like two hours to finish the mission, and it feels truly like a final battle. But it's, like, not even a third of the way through the game. I, I well, hope I find the energy to finish it. But I feel now like... I know what it's like. I feel like by the time I get three quarters of the way through it, I'll probably have died of old age. You know, Liam, I won't uh, give you a hard time if you, if you decide to go that route. I mean, Sager already paid us, so it's okay. If you if you decide not to commit to some Japanese thing, <laughs> Sega Europe, Sega Matt, are you European? No. Do you deal in if pounds? You, no. It's mine. If 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 you find that that you come to a point in your life where you get distracted by something else and don't finish a long-winded Japanese anime series, um, I won't, uh, you know, make fun of you on the podcast for it. No, no. No. I'll just uh, be quiet and respectful about um, your, 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 your media preferences. He, hey, he, it's a good, it is a good game, though. Like, there's a reason that Valkyrie oh, Chronicles sure is so, like, highly regarded. I, I, oh, I hear about it a lot. I find the irony of m me complaining about an over-bloated game when I am the most over-bloated explainer of video games. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious, I know, but it, it's like it's good, but not amazing because it has all these problems that is so typical of Japanese style video games. You have God. to finish it now, Liam. No, now, yeah. do yeah, not no. give me that task. Because George is going to use it as an excuse for all his poor, <laughs> poor nah. choices. Nah, never, never. In consuming media. I mean, mm -hmm. Matt. Matt, so, Matt, wait, wait, Matt, come on, we're yeah. in some sort of agreement here. What would you rather play? Would you rather play a pretty solid tactics game with a little anime styling that's pretty decent, or Assassin's Creed Odyssey at 50 frames in your Google Chrome browser? 50 frames? 15 frames. Uh, I, I, I would rather play Assassin's Creed. 
Fuck you. you. Know, the lag as well. <laughs> Fuck you. So, so I, we I just about... don't want to. I just don't want to play that game. Every time I look at that game, it's just so boring to me. It, oh God. It does seem boring. It does. It really does seem boring. But once you start, like, when you're in the missions, that's as I said, they're so taxing. God, they're so slow. Yes, it's true. They're so slow. And some units, like Lancer units. I don't, even, I don't even know why they fucking bother with that shit. Like, the map's supposed to be so big, and these units move, like, five steps. So by the, like, time you've, like, finished the mission, all your, like, shock troopers and snipers and everything will be, like, at the goal, like, at the enemy camp, and your lancers, which are these, like, rocket-launching-carrying fucking jackasses... We'll just be like back at the start because they could barely move. And you're just like, why? Why do they even bother making these things? Yeah, some of it is super slow and bloated. I, uh, There's a lot of blow. I'm, I'm still still dabbling in, in the super slow, bloated Western games. I've, I've, I've still been keeping up the Subnautica struggle. I, I've, I've been getting my myself a little deeper, a little, uh, a little, a little more, more well equipped since last week. It's going so extremely slow, though. So I decided to uh, <clears throat> follow up my 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 kick on an underwater horror by by watching uh, James Cameron's The Abyss. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen James Cameron's The Abyss. Have either Have either of you gentlemen ever seen James Cameron's The Abyss? No, I haven't. No. I thought it was Matt asking for horror recommendations, not you. I I, I don't know if James Cameron's is the abyss is horror. It's not scary. It's uh What is scary these days? Is there I mean, any I'm, scary stuff? I'm an utter coward, so hasn't there been like those those like artsy horror movies going on as like a kind of movement you got you got mandy and and hereditary and the witch they're they're like a little little quieter slower atmospheric horror instead of schlocky and in your face these days anyway what james cameron's is the abyss is from 1989 and i was expecting a uh a, a james cameron does does aliens movie but but underwater instead of in space it, it seems like like they would fit a thematic progression here going from 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 space to the water but but the abyss is about characters who aren't very afraid of the abyss going down into the abyss for for a bad situation wow. they got thrown into where where they're still uh, gonna play happy music and keep the lights on bright even though they gotta explore the bottom of the ocean and when they do do you guys mind if I spoil James Cameron's as the abyss no I'm Why wondering how many more times you'll say the abyss it's so, so Wait, okay. Matt's you guys, why do you always want to spoil stuff? Why, why, why you gotta spoil stuff? Because it's not good. Because <laughs> it's but not. It's James you Cameron. don't gotta see it. It's James Cameron. So James got... James Cameron's is the abyss is a movie that begins with the very interesting premise of having a horrifying situation in the bottom of the ocean. But what ends up actually happening is that our characters like like start World War Three um, and discover world peace in the same movie. Um, um, make contact with aliens. That uh, I I don't understand 
how this movie goes to the places it did by the time it gets to the end to the point where it becomes like picture perfect 80s excessive schlock when when it starts off do you reckon it would be better if you watched it in black or white you know i wonder if oh my god i don't know maybe oh my god I don't think I don't think watching James Cameron's The Abyss in black and white would make the ending of that any more palatable because I I I could not believe what I was seeing. I was laughing my ass off as this adventure devolves into a situation in which the main title character accidentally starts World War 3, makes contact with an alien species and then discovers the secret to world peace. It's just like the escalation. It's like the ending of, of, of Ace Combat 5 when everyone high fives at the end and it plays 80s music. It's it's like that. I think I played through one of them. Isn't it anime? It's Japanese. Was yeah. it was it the one with the the the, the QTE at the end where Wait. you got a fist bump and it plays the credits music? Well like Breakfast Club? <laughs> kind of. Yeah, kind of kinda of like kinda of like Breakfast combat, skies unknown. <laughs> should we? Should, should we go? Credits Should we? Should we like walk into the sunset as the music plays, or the abyss, or the or, abyss, or just yeah. sink into the abyss? Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'll go first. Ah. Okay, bye. I'll go second. Oh, damn it. Okay, I'm next. We play. There's only room for one boss and one snake. Welcome. You were just as enthusiastic that time as you were last time. To dad and sons. Are you ready for the news? Because we are going to give it to you with whether you like it or not. I don't, I don't know if I'm <laughs> I think you mean whether Matt likes it or not. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I guess I should clarify once again that we're all having kind of groggy mornings after groggy weeks. Wait, hey, hey, hey. None of that on this podcast. None of that on this podcast. Let's... Uh, okay. Uh, oh, 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 no, no, oh, no, no, no. I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready. I'm getting... Uh, right. yeah. Time for the news. Let me just tune out. Hold on. Wait, all right, I'm wait, tuned no, out. But you just were, were getting yourself all, like, buttered up, and, and you are getting yourself all, like, lubed up and ready. Oh, yeah. I'm ready. A growing body of evidence suggests that contagious yawning is tied to your level of empathy. <laughs> huh. So Did does that mean that, that up? 
<laughs> yeah. It sounds like you were reading it. No, I was looking. Yeah, I was. I was reading it. No, I, I was Googling like a quote to why people shouldn't yawn. And then this was just the first thing that came up. So so does that mean that you're empathetically yawning when you were like the victim of, of yawnitis? No, it means if you yawn more or you are like you get caught by contagious yawning, you're more of an empathetic person. Because for starters, it. babies don't catch yawns, and babies don't understand what empathy is. Yeah, babies are fucking assholes. <laughs> True, children are assholes. And I by think undeveloped nature. When when reading the body language here in the dad room, um, secondly, I, people with I, psychopathic personality traits and people with autism that's mm. nice to link those two things together in that one sentence how very nice of this article a condition associated with lower levels of empathy are also less likely to catch yawns and you know liam i like you and everything but but it was me and matt who were yawning together Whoa, and you just on the you other yawned. hand me and Matt didn't yawn. In I pens. didn't yawn. I'm sorry. No, no. I remember when I started yawning, you started yawning too, and you were like, oh, we're yawning, aren't we? It might have been a feces-ish yawn. Matt, did it you might have yawn? been a sarcastic yawn. <laughs> Matt, did you yawn? I did not yawn. I there thought it was go. like a and mock also, yawn. George, Still a yawn. George, it's catching yawns. You were the OG yawn, so you could still be a psychopath. Yeah. I can I can see a little bit of that. Oh I can. Oh my god. I can't. I just I just A lot of friends have gone missing. We used to have smash <laughs> nights. Where did that come from? We, we, we used to have <laughs> smash nights and then every once in a while like, "Oh yeah, Richard isn't coming." Oh, Billy isn't coming. I remember that. <laughs> do you think I was Why like, do you think Matt moved to and California? And then there was only me. And then I I left Georgia. So maybe I was saved. Do, do, do you think I'm, like, keeping them in my yawn basement or something? Oh, no, we just think you straight up killed them. <laughs> the yawn basement? <laughs> what do you do? Go, do you just, Would like, go down like, there? TV of people yawning? Just, uh, no, no, uh. he just goes down there. He yawns yeah. in front of them. And then they <laughs> continuously catch the yawn between oh, each other in this tiny yawning. basement and Fuck they are forever you. stuck in a yawning loop where they keep catching oh, each other's yawns God, and it never that. ends <laughs> oh man the torture, just, the torture. George, George just walks out with earplugs in satisfied <sighs> of another day's another <sighs> God, that, you is, guys that is suck. weird man you see George just walk down and they're like they're like not again not again we just stopped i can't we just believe stopped. we came back from the break four you mean minutes the ago we came back from the abyss we came back four minutes ago and completely <laughs> just like rolled ourselves off the cliff for four <laughs> minutes straight Okay, this goes down guys. in the basement with like uh, I don't Who know, yawned like, first, coffee. George? Yeah. <laughs> coffee in his hand, scratches his balls, and yawns in front of a bunch of his <laughs> captives. <laughs> I don't have captives in my yawn basement. I just, I just spread yawns. I guess I'm not okay. Spreading like yawns, like it's an STD. In the real event that there's like a horrible outbreak of of like bird flu or something, do you think that the first person who has bird flu is like guilty? 
Like, are they just an unfortunate victim of circumstance? No, they're definitely guilty. Because that's what I feel like right now. It's, it's oh, like, yeah, it's like, it's like uh, apartments, like... But you know you're going to bring in the roaches, you know, and it spreads to the other apartments. Like, that person, that person is, is the, the person responsible for bringing in the that. roaches. Like, George knows he's yawning. It's not like bird flu where you I might... I can't help it. Irrelevant. Oh, my God. You're guilty. Wow. You're as guilty, you're as guilty as Assassin's Creed Odyssey is for being the number one played <laughs> Assassin's Creed game. <laughs> Holy shit. What, is, what was that? I... I I was sitting there at the trigger for like three minutes waiting for my end, and you just take it from me. <laughs> you just steal professionalism, this piece George. of candy out of my hands. Take it's called professionalism. Segue. Deal with it. So, um, yeah, Assassin's Creed <laughs> Odyssey has almost, um... Triple times the players of, of of Assassin's Creed, any anything else on on Steam. Um, there's uh, headlines that are now positing it as the most highly played Assassin's Creed game ever, which isn't necessarily something that correlates with the most highly sold, nor Wait, nor the best that, launch. Did, is that a fair comparison though? Didn't like EA, not EA, Ubisoft. Didn't they just force like you to use Uplay for like the old Assassin's Creed games on PC? So like I think so. You couldn't really use Steam. Well, for these if games they're still to begin with tracking current players, I don't know if that means it requires Uplay or not. Um, I remember back in the day, you used to have to same as EA with Origins. Yeah, Origin. I wouldn't get your hopes up. I'm trying to look it up right now if it requires Uplay or not. Well, but the Japanese streaming one does. I know that. I saw some tweets about it. You have to sign up for Uplay. And no one in Japan has Uplay, so I don't know why the fuck they did that. Control Fing for Uplay isn't immediately coming up with, with words on, oh, on Steam. But, but anyways, anyways, um, point is this uh, metric the, the the most highly played Assassin's Creed game ever doesn't necessarily correlate with with most highly sold or most copies played it's it's most uh, hours played per game and I'm wondering if this means that developers might have uh, figured out how to solve a lot of problems of, of these big long sandbox games having a uh, kind of kind of problem with with hooking players for for long-term um sessions like like how spider-man is getting all this praise for making uh, web slinging fun enough for you to care about traversing across the the big empty open world to, to to fight your crimes i i feel like like this might be a sign that that the the large open world formula might be uh be becoming chiseled and polished and and perfected to to a sheen where people aren't uh, tossing the games in the trash anymore. Well, I mean, there's a lot of hype around it, so it kind of doesn't surprise me. I mean, Origins had a lot of hype as well. But I guess Origins did a good favor for the series in general. Like, kind of Remaking stuff. Oh, and well, it, taking that year off. Yeah, re but it reboosted... You know, popular not popularity, but reboosted like interest in the series. So I guess, you know, and Greek mythology is kind of cool. 
Sorry about that. Apologies. It just came out. You know, oh. can't can't help it. Can't hold it in. It's an involuntary reflex. It's like uh, sneezing. That means know. the topic is boring. Next topic. Oh, um, so so a new Harry Potter game has been leaked. Matt, what did you do? It's 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 trickled out. It it uh worked its way through the cracks and, and climbed out into the world. Um, some shaky off cam footage of about a full minutes worth of uh, some very expensive looking assets from a supposed Harry Potter game leaked out on the internet last week. Uh, Warner Brothers promptly took the footage down, both of which give them good degrees of authenticity. Assuming that Warner Brothers did own that footage, and assuming that someone couldn't come up with it in their spare time instead of an audience of professionals coming up with it on paid time, would assume that uh, it does no confirm that some that. <laughs> some some AAA Harry Potter thing is in the works. Um, like, if you've seen the video to this... Which leak. is harder to find nowadays than it was yeah. on the day but of. If you had seen the video... There is no way this isn't some sort of real project happening. Like, who the fuck would go to such amazing, great lengths to make, like, a fake Harry Potter game using incredibly well-rendered and modeled 3D graphics <laughs> that had a variety of it looks, looks objects and elements to it? Better than the the choking children with tentacles cell phone game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. talking about I earlier. Immediately thought about that. Yeah, Matt, did um, you see the that. footage for this game? Like, I'm sure George did, but Matt, did you see it? I I did not. It did was someone do a little post tough to find it was, nowadays. It was it was pretty fucking hype. So it, it was pretty good. There's some speculation over over who's doing it and what the. Uh, but the story behind it is there there was originally some rumors that it was Rocksteady, the uh, purveyors of, of the Batman Arkham games as a uh, property <laughs> of Warner Potter. Brothers, British <laughs> Just studio. Just Harry going around, knocking the shit Beating the into shit people. <laughs> yeah, leaving them out in the snow to die. Um, but but Eurogamer confirmed with their Rocksteady face. sources that it was in fact not Rocksteady. The suspicion right now hinges on... Um, Avalanche Studios, uh, which previously how? made the Disney Infinity how? series. How could Avalanche do it? Don't they have like four games they're working on right now? Well, it depends on which Avalanche you're thinking of. Well, because Avalanche... there's the Avalanche in Sweden that does the Just Cause games. Is this not the same studio? This is a different Avalanche. This oh. this is, is Avalanche Great. of Disney Infinity fame. <laughs> Oh, the one that John Viganacci used to be a part of. Yes, they have uh, since made a crappy Cars 3 tie-in game, but since 2017, they've been staffing up for a uh, big larger project that they have described as having a deep understanding of British culture and grammatical presentation with a good knowledge of gaming narrative and branching storytelling, particularly in the realm of RPGs is what the job listing's called for. Um, they also call it a large-scale console game project and a AAA-sized title, and since then have not announced much up until this stuff starts leaking. Uh, which, which... Holy crap, this looks intense. It does, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. It looks pretty good. Pretty pretty damn good. When he fucking mauls that, like, gremlin. What is it? What does he maul? Like a goblin? Boglin. So, I I wonder, though, if I should bring up the the element of, of leaking not being such a good thing, because that's, that's a... Save it for your video. Yeah, that's a detail specific to the video that still has yet to be out there in the wild. Yeah. Alright, anyways. Anyways. But that segues into the last piece of news. The, the final little pinch of, of Telltale's uh, employee staff has been laid off. There's still a handful over there, probably mostly executives from how I hear of it. Uh, Telltale skeleton crew that was working on the Walking Dead, not Walking Dead, the Netflix um, Minecraft project has been laid off as well. No word on if that is complete or not. I guess the assumption is that it was complete enough. Um, Robert Kirkman's Skybound Games is a entity that was previously just kind of used as a licensing sort of tax funnel um, group to license the Walking Dead comic book IP over to Telltale. The IP that they use for the games is actually different than the IP they use for the TV show, which got handed off to other studios to make other not as good Walking Dead games. But Well Kirkman um, is the creator of Walking Dead, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, Robert Kirkman has has his outfit that Telltale was actually working with and in collaboration with. And he actually is gonna try to get some of the old Telltale devs back together to good. finish season four uh, of The Walking Dead without Telltale proper. Which I guess yeah, Liam, you're like good. It's not exactly like best case scenario, but probably no, like but given the current state of things, this is a better outcome than than what many of us had been suspecting. I mean, well, I don't know. At the end of the day, some people are going to go back to work on a series that is nothing but like going to have bad memories for them now, and also it's going to halt their career for another two years from progressing on and moving on like everyone else who uh, well, they will have worked with and hopefully the ones that get picked up for this will uh be able to to use it for for great things i mean i imagine that that coming back on to the walking dead after being laid off from the walking dead would probably be a, a comforting move of sorts and then give the Certainly, hopefully, give the, the, the writing of the game a kind of kick in the pants of, of wake-up calls in terms of The Walking Dead being a very downtrodden, pessimistic-ass series of stories. I feel like having the actual team come back from the dead themselves will add a layer of, of personality to it that hopefully gets considered when they... They push this thing out this late into the cycle. Might be too late for thinking of that, though. But what a weird story. What a... What a uh, what's just, like, yeah. a story behind the game itself that this uh, these last few yeah. episodes are going to have. Yeah. And it's going to be able to sell well now. Because bad wondering, news is still good news. <laughs> I'm wondering yeah. how many they're going to bring on, though. Because the last skeleton crew of 25 that got laid off was one that was being referred to by my source as 
not enough people to make an episode. They, they um, were there to port an episode. I don't. I don't know that. I mean, your source probably knows better than I would would know anything. But my guess would be due to the licensing and stuff being passed over. Whatever work that twenty five were doing to finish it, now it's passed to a new studio. Most kind of them of will probably go with it, but they had think to be about what let go from Telltale as an entity for Telltale to just fade out. What happens to a company now? Like Telltale. What happens to their tools? I guess we know what Not happens even to that, their just staff. Like, do, but do they? Because the company still exists. Because they're obviously still making deals. There's still five of them over there. I mean. The, 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 the original founders, now? I think. And, and I think that's what they're going to be doing is trying to strike up deals that'll get projects going again. And maybe, I, I don't know if they plan on starting Telltale over from scratch. They did say that this the layoffs were there to precipitate a closure. So I don't think the founders are going to keep Telltale going. But right now, as far as I understand it, it's basically just founders, their CEOs, founders slash CEOs and their assistant. Uh, singular, I think. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Well. That's sad. Uh, yep. It is sad. And not really sure what's going to happen. You guys I know mean, what's also sad? Uh, us leaving for, for, for the day. Wait, but, but, but you're right, but, Matt. That would be but, sad. But, that would be sad. <laughs> that and would I think be that sad. is true. <laughs> but but we have it sure would be a bummer if we were to just <laughs> sink down into the abyss like a pile of bricks. Um if if we didn't uh, take some of your questions our beloved listeners. Yes. <laughs> yeah, those. <laughs> Jamie P asks do you prefer a game that respects the player's time, or would you rather get a lot of bang for your buck, assuming it's not a really good game either way? Does it depend on the game slash genre? Um, um... Uh, yes! I mean, I, I, guess. Mean, I spoke about Valkyria Chronicles 4. Which is a weird case of a game that feels like it's taking a long time, but it's not actually taking a long time. I mean, I don't think it's respecting my time either. I'm only four chapters in, and I play for 13 hours. It's not even a third of the way through the game. I can already um, tell that, that Assassin's Creed Odyssey is not going to be respecting my time very well. I would prefer a game that respects my time rather than get back yes. to the book. I like the argument that I would rather play a very good game that's only two hours long than play a mediocre game for 30 hours. Yeah. Because one, I don't even want to play a good game for 30 hours. Well, <laughs> mediocre one. At some point in time, the law of diminishing returns is going to kick in for me. But that actually depends on things like my current income level and my current job and my current schedule. And for I, I've I've always 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 been a more um, respecting my player the player's time than a bang for the buck person, except yeah. for a very short like two year period when I was on my way out of college and into the next year where I, I didn't have a lot of money and had a lot of free time. Yeah, and but that's I mean, when, that's mitigated that's these days. When I fact was... that, yeah, but that's kind of mitigated these days because there's no excuse for no one to be able to play games because there are just, just so many free-to-play games out there now. Like, Matt's been talking about playing Path of Exile, so 
games shouldn't really be... I mean, you should still get bang for your buck, but you, you, games shouldn't be disrespecting players' time anyway because players can just go play free games. Like, if you're going to spend money on a game, you want it to respect your time. And ultimately, that's what games are there competing for, no matter how much they cost, is your time. That's like your second big currency in life that you distribute to other people in life that you'll never see again is your time. People oftentimes forget about that one. They think money is the most important thing, you know? And I mean, like, kind of, like, like value-wise, yeah, but at the same time, we also highly value and, and shuffle around our time accordingly and, like, prescribe a dollar value to that. You ever like 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 play an RTS game and you're juggling two primary resources? You got you got like your minerals and your Tiberium. Well, real life is like that. You got your time and your money. Yeah. I I'm interested to see what Matt thinks because Matt is like one of the only people I know who actually sticks with games and finishes them, whether he likes them or not. And Matt has no time. We know for a fact that yeah. Matt has no time. I don't know how the fuck Matt finished Final Fantasy XV and Final Fantasy VII in this year alone. Two JRPGs in one year? How do you do it? Are, are you are you 14? Not sleeping. Not sleeping. Oh, um, yeah. No, that's actually probably actually how. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like, I kind of I look up to see if it's worth me jumping in first before I, I jump into something. I... If I see like like for instance, um, uh, Persona Five, I probably won't start that game unless like everything is stable around me. Like you know, like I have a set schedule and I, I can devote this amount of time to that to finally finish that because I know I won't be able to finish it. Um, that I had does to make... not respect players' time. For as good as that game is, it yeah. does not respect players' time. It doesn't whatsoever. Uh, I rather a game that's short and sweet than long and drawn out. It's the same thing when yeah. I, when I played Nino Kuni two. It didn't respect my time at all. It lot no. it, did, it let me do a lot of BS throughout the whole game, developing up the kingdom and all that. For for what? For what? There's no reason to do it. It's just empty grind stuff. Like it, you yeah. don't need to do that. And I don't. I don't like that. I don't like games like that. I don't like where um, this new age of games where it's just like, oh, you have to have all this stuff in the open world and and all that. No, if if there's something in the open world, it has to mean something. It has to add to the game, not not you know just be another thing that to get another shiny. I I don't I don't want that. I don't care for that. Um. Yeah, I rather I rather sell a game that respects my time. So, uh open world games, you know, like the Assassin's Creeds and stuff like that, I tend to just not play them anymore because I just know I have to climb up every damn statue <laughs> and and get a bird's and then eye view hear about and, Zeus's penis. Yeah, I just don't I just don't <laughs> want to Which apparently is a thing that happens when you climb Zeus's statue. You, 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 have your character make comments about his balls if you're climbing across the balls. Yeah, I no, no. I I don't like gated stuff either. Where he's like, oh, you need to find do some of these side missions in order to complete the main story. I don't like that stuff. Not anymore, anyway. I mean, I just don't have the time for it. But, you know, back then I just yeah. It's just the same thing as what you what you said, George. It depends on. 
how much money you got, <laughs> you know, how much time you have with your job, like, because you're paying $60 for a game and it's it's yanking your train around. Yeah, it's, know. yeah, no, I have, like, I don't want to go back to Valkyria Chronicles too much, but it's like, I've sat down to play that game, like, I've, like, made time to play it, like, at least two or three hours, like, pretty much every day for the past week, and it's still, like, I'm not even, like, a third of the way through that game. And most of the time, I've been sat there watching people talk. It's like, while I'm enjoying it, it's just, I'll never, I feel like I would never be able to finish a game like this. Just, what on God's green earth kind of time commitment do you need for some of these games? Like, I understand, you know, they're JRPGs, and it comes a part of the tradition. But... Yeah, I stay, I stay away. Stay wah, wah. Yeah. Stay okay. Um, we got we got another question. Uh, Aaron S says, "Thanks for your question, Aaron S." Um, Aaron S asks, "I'm a slightly <laughs> overworked software developer, currently working at a major tech company, and also a massive game nerd. Once I get to a point where I feel like I've learned everything I can here, I'm considering ditching my position for one in the game industry. Is it possible to break into the games industry as a software developer with little game dev experience, or is it more of a go make a shite load of indie games slash pray you strike gold with the next Undertale before Blizzard comes a knocking?" Uh, uh, I would say both to yes. Um, I mean, both are not a bad way to go about it if you can do it. I mean, if you're a software developer, I guess you're a programmer. Yeah, yeah. I've so. I've seen a lot of people <laughs> go back and forth between the two, specifically for that purpose. In fact, when I was a kid, the career advice I'd always hear is, "Oh, you want to make games? Don't bother with the game making course. Get bother with a programming course. Bother with uh, computer science education oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. more so than yeah, an like, actual dedicated is, like full sale like, game development education." This is education. like PSA advice. This is PSA advice. If you want a career in video games, do not do game design degrees. In university. They're way better than they used to be, though. They are way better, probably, but just go get a traditional computer science and they degree. they might teach you a lot of the same stuff you'd get from computer science, too. Or if too. you want to do design, do, like, des- like, artistic design or do, like, textural design. Do, do, like, design that gives you skills beyond video games because you will become a jack-of-all-trade by doing game design. And if you want a job in the games industry, you kind of have to be a master at something. Sometimes you get lucky and you will be hired and you'll get good at that specific job. But being a sort of jack of all trades is not great for the video game industry. There's a reason we have like animation director, rigging animation director, senior level designer, senior game systems designer. Like they all have very specific... Video games are made by people who are very specific cods, co- cods, cogs in a giant machine. They're not all giant fish. With the way things are going, both inside and outside the game development economy and the economy in general, I don't even know if I'd so much as rep- recommend a wholesale career in either, so much as a wholesale career of jumping back and forth between the two. Uh, which, also, which is something that the more general degree would, would open more doors for than, than an exclusivized degree. Also, making games and stuff is a good way of getting a portfolio, but my god, I can tell you from experience of this week alone, making indie games is super hard and getting people to notice them is even harder. And 
if you're going to make yep. them expecting that you're going to make Undertale or you're going to make even going to make money or break even on them, you, you're not going to do it. And that's uh, so why I'd recommend just make them for a portfolio and make them for fun. Do game jams, back and make forth. small stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because if like, you try do for fun for a job, you're going to get burnt out with it. Yeah. And if you if do... you go back and forth, I feel like that might be healthier in the long term. Yeah, I mean it's hard. Like this week, I announced like the new game I'm making, the new project, and it's like getting people to notice is really difficult. Even though it's like, here's this really cool game I'm making, and it's like a lot of people care, but to translate that people into like people who will then play and buy your game, <laughs> oh, God damn it, is hard. Uh, I just hard. read the second part of Aranas's question. Um, um, oh, Matt, do you have part. any anything to add to to the first part? No, no, you you guys pretty much answer it. Part two. At this point in my career, I'm so used to crunch that I feel like it's unavoidable, especially in the tech industry, and I'd rather kill myself over something I'm passionate about versus developing some dry-ass web apps, even if it means longer <laughs> hours and slightly less pay. Is there something wrong with me? That's the I question. Mean, is there something I mean, wrong with the... Uh, no? Yes. I, I, yeah, you yes, think so? Yes, there is. Because... I can, you know, speaking from experience again, crunch is not fun. And the one thing that makes crunch the worst, let alone, you know, killing yourself over something anyway, is that no matter how passionate you, th you are about video games or whatever or what you're doing, crunch will suck that passion out of you and you will get home and you will not want to play yeah, I, I guess my answer to his question is no, there's nothing wrong with you. It sounds normal, but at the same time, it sounds like the same kind of normal acceptance for insanity that describes a lot of the things that, that we do as we live in this society of ours here. Um, I mean, yeah, also, cause... like, if you're, if you're passionate uh, versus developing some dry-ass web apps, like, Please expect that if you get like a programming software job, you will be killing yourself over some dry ass UI implementation of eagles in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> which is still normal. I, which I think is it's normal, it's normal to want to be a workaholic when yeah. when you're like fresh out of college and super eager to use your new skills for your life's passion, or it's normal to want to be a workaholic when you've been working a super boring thing you don't want to do forever. But what's, I guess, crazy is if you continue to be a workaholic, like, four years in, after you've gotten it out of your system, and that's probably when crunch becomes this very unhealthy, unproductive thing that makes people's passions worse than... That, like, that's the thing. The struggle is keeping it a passion, despite it being yeah. a job. Bottom line for this is, like... If you like playing games and playing games is your solace outside of working or your school life or whatever, working in the games industry is probably not the best idea. Like, obviously, I did it and now I talk about video games like all the time for a living. The passion still stays with you. It's not going to go anywhere. I, you know, I suffer through Valkyria Chronicles 4 because I like video games. But if you like playing them, working on them at the same time, especially for long hours, is incredibly difficult to balance. You will not have the drive to want to play. And also, while you play, you'll be noticing a lot more problems and things wrong with them than you ever did before. Yeah, which I think is fun. I like that. I mean, not when you're trying to not do that because that's your job. When it's your job to notice those problems. When you go home and you just want to play, like, 
a game. You don't want to be doing that. It makes me feel smug when I can move the camera in Horizon Zero Dawn and I know how much is being called out of frame because I saw the documentary. Sometimes, you know, you can be like, wow, I I wonder how they did that. But, you know, then sometimes you just want to shoot a dude in the face. But. It's if you like creating video games and you're passionate about making them, then it's not so bad because that's a completely different thing. Like there is, we've spoken about it many times on the show. It's like playing games versus making them. If you just enjoy playing video games, you probably can't make games. You have to be passionate about the creation of them, which is you know completely different to playing them. So be wary. Of so, the games industry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, be wary of the but game it's good industry. Fun. It's good fun. I mean, I like making games and I like playing them. Be you, wary you of totally those could too. you might find in or around the game industry. Like like here at the Dad and Sons Supercast. Where we're always in and around George's yawning basement. Oh god, don't mm-hmm. make me yawn again. Or the abyss. If you have questions, comments, suge- suggestions, or bedtime stories, or Should bedtime Should we all jump snacks. and yawn into the abyss? Do you reckon we can do if that? If you want to tuck us in. Oh, God. Put us to bed for a day. <laughs> and uh, send, send an email to dadandsonspodcast at gmail.com. Are, are you snuggling up in your bed right now? Is- Good night, guys. <laughs> uh, like us on iTunes and subscribe and and rate us five stars. Uh, if you haven't I, listened to last week's episode with the wonderful Mr. Barry Kramer, go do that. Stop what you're doing right now and go do that instead. That was a good episode. Go do that. Go go listen to Kramer, the guy from Seinfeld. Go listen to Kramer. <laughs> go listen to Kramer. The racist. Also, I'm I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna be that guy. If you like video games being made and you're interested, I am making a new game. And I've just started talking about it after I had wonderful people like my fellow dads and sons play it. If you want to check it out, go to my Twitter, and it's all over there. It's called Flitspire, and it's a game all about going up a tower and flying really fast and killing shit. Enjoy. We'll be we'll be hearing about it every now and then as as Liam gives us some updates. Hopefully, not many, because I just want people to play it <laughs> now. I'm so sick of working on it. Go consume our products. It's our <laughs> legacy. It's it's our connection with the planet Earth. It's what it's our purpose for existing. Alright, alright, I'm gonna go.